Welcome to Books and Sound. I'm your host, Don Beavers, and this episode contains a digitally remastered theatrical presentation of one of the great works of literature. Please remember to subscribe so that you can enjoy new episodes as they are released. This podcast is provided free and offered without commercial interruption. If you enjoy the episode, please leave us a positive review so that we can grow the podcast. Enjoy. Welcome. I'm Tom Bosley, and it's time again to enter the wonderful world of your imagination through the magic of radio. Won't you come with me on a voyage of excitement, action, and the thrill of discovery? If you're with me on this trip, you're in for a spine-tingling adventure, a visit to another world, and a surprise meeting in real life with one of the great men of history. I reckon the captain would like to put you on the griddle. Get some information out of you. What kind? That's up to him. I'm taking you on back to camp to meet him. Mr. Armbruster? Yes, son. I mean, uh, Missy or whatever you are. What's your captain's name? Lincoln. Captain Abe Lincoln. Company of the 1st Regiment of the Brigade of Volunteers. Commanded by Brigadier General Samuel Whiteside. Adventure Story with Malice Toward None was written especially for the General Mills Radio Adventure Theater by Ian Martin and stars Skip Hinnant and Mary Flersham. I'll be back shortly with Act One. <laughs> Mention time travel and what do you think of? Well, I know what I do. Automatically, I think of hurtling into the future. I think of cruising the vast sea of space in search of unknown worlds. I think of opening new channels to whole new galaxies and discovering the world of the future. But time isn't a one-way street. It reaches not only into the future, but into the past as well. Quiet, possum. You hush up now. That stupid name he gave that old hound, Jeff. Oh, he just doesn't like caves, is all. He knows where we're going. He doesn't sound much happier about it than I do. Where is this cave, anyway? Right there, Judy. Right where? There. Where? (laughs) Can't you see, for Pete's sake, where I'm pointing? All I see is a big old cliff and scrub pine and bushes and things. If the way into your cave is hiding behind them, it must be awful small. It is. That's what I've been trying to tell you. You got to crawl in, and then, man, it really opens out. I don't know that I'm so anxious to go this route. Oh, come on, Judy. I brought all the equipment and stuff, so this time we could really explore it. Beats me why you had to wish it on your sister. Why? You scared? What's to be scared of? So, okay, grab your share of the gear and let's get packing. My name is Jeff Jones. I live in Center Corners, Illinois, some west of Chicago and just east of the Mississippi. I'm a senior at Keg High School, and my sister Judy is a junior. She's pretty smart, straight A's and like that, especially in history. Me, I just about cut it so I keep eligible for football. But I'm kind of into archaeology and like that. 
And this cave I dug up, I don't, I don't know. It's just something I got to go all the way with. See what it's about and where it goes. So, here we are. Possum! Knock it off, will you, Possum? Do I have to squiggle in through that little hole in the rock? Sure. What about all this gear? We don't have to take it all. Here, flashlight for you. I have one. Uh, candles. Candles? Back up. It might be wet in there or something. Matches. What's this? A ball of string. Tie it off after we get in and unroll it with us so we know the way back. Come on. Let's get on with it. I'm going to go in feet first because I'll have to drag all the gear in after me. What do I do? As I kind of wiggle in, once I get far enough, just you pass the junk in after, okay? Possum seems unhappy, but it's okay by me. Do I follow? Well, sure. That's the whole point. In his own way, just the kind of a loner, like this cave pit. You wouldn't think such a big Hulk could be a dreamer, but that's what he is. Like he'd like to be Jacques Cousteau or an astronaut or something. The narrow little tunnel we were crawling along wasn't much bigger than a sewer pipe and a lot more uneven. I was very scared, but I didn't dare let on to Jeff. Come on, Judy, move it. Jeff, you sure this is safe? Uh, Sure. And this passage has been here... For about a million years. Maybe a billion. I, I don't think I want to go any further. Uh, what's the matter? You scared? No. Yes. I mean, I feel so, so, so hemmed in. It's hard to breathe. All in the mind. You should be a lame brain like me and you wouldn't have problems. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff, you all right? No sweat, Judy. I just backed into the main cave. Boy, it's bigger than I remember. Well, before you get too carried away, could you get me and the equipment out of this bottleneck? Oh, I'm sorry. Give me this stuff. Yeah, yeah, I got it. You want a hand? Oh, I, I could, I could use some help. Yeah, here. Now, wait till I get my flash on. There. Uh, here you go. Now, how do you feel? Oh. I guess like a champagne cork after the bottle is opened. Hey, wait till you see this place. It's bigger than a cathedral. You don't even need the flash. There's some light in here. Hey, where, where does it come from? Oh, way up there. About 60, 70 feet. There's some kind of fault in the rock lets in some light. It's very faint. And among all the shadows, I... What's that? Bats. It's the flashlight. Turn it off, stupid. Oh, yeah. They frighten you? <laughs> they give me the creeps. Hey, we sit quiet a moment. They'll settle again. Fantastic, huh? <laughs> it's like the inside of a pyramid. You can sit here with just a little bit of light sneaking in. It's like moonlight. And you could be anywhere in time. Just look. It's like sculpture. All those stalagmites hanging from the roof. Stalactites. Huh? Stalactites. They hang. Stalagmites. Uh, like, like those sort of pillars over there. The hundreds of thousands of years. Millions, I guess, it took for them to form. Jeff. Huh? I, I don't want to think of the thousands of millions of years. I want to get out of here. This place gives me the creeps. We haven't even started to explore. I don't want to explore. I want to get back through that narrow little tunnel. I don't think this is safe. What's that? Oh, it's Possum coming after us. Hey, boy. Hey, boy. 
Here, boy. Make him stop that. He doesn't mean anything. Make him stop. Stop crying out loud, Judy. What's the big deal? Don't you know in caves or old mines or places you shouldn't make loud noises because that could start a... going to do. In any excavation or on a mountainside, one of the greatest dangers is sound. A cannon fired with a blank charge or even a rifle shot has triggered more than one avalanche. Poor Possum. His barking and howling was to warn us. Maybe it wasn't even that, but whatever it was, the roof of the tunnel had fallen in. And we were sealed inside what I'd thought of as a pyramid. Well, that's what it was now. A tomb. What are we going to do, Jeff? First thing is not to panic. Oh, you're too late. I already have. What's next? Well, I don't see how we can dig through that. Forget it. Oh, how, how about that, that place up there where the light's coming from? Forget that. Nothing to anchor the rope to. And without it, we could never climb up. It, it's just a crack anyway. Isn't there some other way out? I don't know. We better hope so. Come on, grab a knapsack and let's go explore. You go around to the left, I'll go the other way. See if you find any breaks in the rock that look like a passage. Supposing there isn't another way out? Oh, someone will come after us when they find out we're missing. How? No one knows where we are. Possible go stir him up. If he wasn't buried when the roof fell in. So we'll dig ourselves out some way. Come on, let's track. The wall was solid. Not a cranny or even a crack. Suddenly, Jeff and I were meeting again. I could tell by his face he'd had no luck either. Nothing? Nope, not so far. You hungry? No. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I don't know. Jeff. Now, come on, Judy. Hold on. But I'm scared. I'm scared, Jeff. So am I. Maybe something to eat would be a good idea. If you want to. I got sandwiches here you made and uh, chocolate. Trusting to him who can go with me and remains with you and be everywhere for good, let us confidently hope that all will yet be well. What are you saying, Grace? Kind of. I never heard that one before. We were studying about him in class. Who? Abraham Lincoln. He said that in his farewell address at Springfield after he got elected president. Abraham Lincoln's the last person we got to worry about right now. Hey, come on, let's eat, and then we'll... What, what is it, Judy? Don't you feel it? What? A draft. It's blowing on us. Stronger and stronger. Yeah. Hey, give me that torch. You see anything? Shine it where the wind's coming from. There. There. A big cleft in the rocks and a passage beyond it. How could I have missed that? What's the dish so long as it's there? Jeff, you think it's maybe a way out of this? With all that fresh air coming in on the wind? It's got to be, Judy. Just got to be. Thank you, Mr. Lincoln. What'd you say? A kind of prayer. I know. I heard. But this hasn't got anything to do with Mr. Lincoln. This is sheer blind luck. Now, come on, Judy. Let's just thank God we didn't end up buried alive. Claustrophobia. A big word that means being shut in, finding it difficult to breathe. Like Jeff said, the feeling of being buried alive. 
I guess at some time, you may feel it. But what if you, like Jeff, went through it and escaped, only to find yourself in an alien world, somewhere you'd never been? I'll return shortly with Act Two. This is Gene King, Business Bureau's. The General Mills Radio Adventure Theater will return shortly. Let's see, where were we? Oh, yes. At the edge of discovery, Jeff and Judy are facing a crevice beyond which a twisting, tortuous passage reaches away into darkness and mystery. And where it leads to doesn't matter anymore, because this represents escape from the tomb of the cave into which they are locked by the landslide. And so, beckoned on by the fresh wind that blows in their faces, promising freedom... Our two trapped young people fight their way towards the fresh air. How far have we come? Oh, let's see. <coughs> Checking my ball of string. I tied it off when we came into the passage, and it's two-thirds gone now. That means, uh, uh, about half a mile. Oh, we've been climbing, climbing. That means we ought to come out pretty near on top of old Baldy Mountain. Ready to go on? Yeah, come on. Let's hike. Hey, look. Yeah, sunlight. Daylight. The light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Oh, we made it. <laughs> I wonder where we are, where we'll come out. Suddenly, after half running up the sloping tunnel toward the outside, we were out of the blackness, back in the world. Only it was a world neither of us had ever seen before. Where are we? It's all kind of different. Isn't that the Mississippi over there? I reckon. But where's the prairie? The, the flats? Maybe that tunnel we were following went sort of north. No, no, headed due west. Kind of to the south, if anything. What's all that tall grass? I've never seen anything like that. Sorghum, it looks like. But it's almost head high. And look at the trails that have been beat out of it. It's like a wilderness. What are you doing? We're just marking the spot where the tunnel comes out so we can find it again. What for? You never know. It might come in handy. Come on, we have a ways to go before dark. We weren't all that high up. And it was even shorter coming down. Slipping, sliding... Till finally we ended up at the edge of that strange tall grass. Jeff... You're not going into that tall grass. I've got no choice, Judy. There seems to be a trail follows around to the south. I saw it from above. How do you know south's the way home? Well, we've got to go south or north to cut east back through the hills. You must have seen for yourself this side ain't where we live. Just follow me. Darn stuff is like a jungle. Easier to cut across a cornfield. <laughs> what is it? It looks like plain old prairie grass. Nobody ever grazed or cut. Ooh, maybe we'd better not get too far into this. I tell you, there's a trail, right? <laughs> well, we don't have to find it. Here it is. Oh, I'm glad to be out of that. It's so dusty. Make sure... What's that? I don't know. Steer, I reckon. 
Stampede? Those aren't steer. They're bison. Bison? You mean buffalo? Here? There hasn't been a buffalo in this part of the country since... Look out! Hey, get back in the grass. Can you believe what you saw? No. Buffalo. What you see in the Natural History Museum. And live. There must have been at least a, a couple of hundred. In this tall grass. Judy, where are we? Where have we got to? I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. I think I'd feel safer back in that cave. What's that? Horses. Maybe we can find out from who's ever riding them what... What, what is it? Get, get back. Hide. Hide. They're Indians. I sure did. I just hope they didn't see us. Indians in full war paint. Oh, I don't believe it. What's going on? Some kind of a bicentennial thing? Oh, that's over already. This is 1977. It's at least a hundred years since you could see anything like this in North Illinois. A hundred? More than that? I mean to... To what? Well, that's a part of history I've just been reading about. Because it was interesting and less known... And I thought would make a good paper. I don't get it. Like I said, Miss Motley has been concentrating on Abraham Lincoln. Sort of for his birthday, like. And Lincoln did get in the Indian Wars. French and Indian-like. The Black Hawk campaign. I don't know what you're talking about. You... What was that? Sounded like an arrow. Jeff. You see? In the tree trunk. It's a tomahawk. What? Judy, look out. Don't hurt him. Please. Please, Mr. Redman. What's your name? I'm... I'm Judy Jones. This is, is, is my brother, Jeff. All men, brother, till white man come. Go ahead. What does that mean? I don't know. Keep still, I guess. Now what Come on, What are you going to do with him? Jeff. Take it easy. Hey, Mr. Indian, don't harm her, please. She's a girl. Oh. Woman. Why she wear pants? Well, that's what we wear. Blue jeans. Girls and boys. White men have strange customs. This one most strange. You are new tribe. Where from? Right over the hill. The center corners. Center corners. Yes, it, it, it's just a, a little town. More like a, a, a village. No town there. You lie. No, there's a town there, honest. No town. Satayati, Kiwa. No, he's No. Wait, what are you going to do with us? Ray Beaver must order what we do. We take you to him. Radota, Aba. Our hands were tied behind us with rawhide, and ropes of it were looped around our necks. We had to run as fast as we could to keep up with the Indians. Indians that looked for real. Breech clouts and, and deerskin leggings. Moccasins. Bands around their head and feathers stuck in them. And in full war paint. And they were armed, not only with knives and spears and tomahawks, but with old-fashioned rifles like I'd only seen in pictures in a, in a book. I just couldn't dig it. I am Gray Beaver. Lame fox bring you here. You are white man scout. You tell me, where is 
white man? I, I, I don't I don't know, sir. You lie. All white man lie. You will not lie to me. Black Hawk has called us on warpath. Now you tell. Where is army? Honest to Pete, we don't know. You think not to speak? You will tell. Lame Fox, teach these pale faces. The white man attacks. So we meet him in battle. Take these two. Tie them down to stake. Some of the Indians dragged us to some stakes buried in the ground and tied us to them. Then they ran off to the fight. There were bullets flying and arrows, and, and Jeff and I tried to huddle together as the battle went on. Judy, I'm sorry I got you into this. What is it? I don't know. I just can't believe anything like this could happen in this day and age. That's the whole trouble. It isn't this day and age. What are you talking about? Black Hawk. Who? Black Hawk. Didn't you hear Chief Grey Beaver mention his name? Oh, man. Yeah. He was the chief of the Sauk and the Fox Indians. And when he refused to leave his home on the Mississippi, right around here at Rock Falls, he started a war. Rock Falls? War? When was this? That's what I'm trying to get through your thick head. What's happened to us? Starting with that cannonball, or whatever it was, that smashed into the big house we'd just been dragged out of, and setting it on fire, the next hour was something I don't ever want to live through again. Bullets were pouring into the compound, while the Indians fired back. And tied up as we were, Judy and I couldn't do anything but pray. None of them hit us. Finally, the Indians took off. And a bunch of men on horseback, wearing funny hats and waving swords, went chasing after them. They were followed by some guys dressed up sort of like Daniel Boone. One of them came over and cut us free. Gee, thanks, mister. You sure turned up just in time. Name is Jack Armbuster, son. Let me cut you free. Would you mind getting my sister first? Your sister? Yeah, she's tied to the other stake. And pants? Don't look like no sister to me. Okay, there you are. Are you, uh, you a female lady, ma'am? Yes, Mr. Armbruster. That don't beat all. Huh? There you go, son. Now rub your hands together and bring the circulation back. Thank you. Hey, nothing. Where you two turn up from right here in, into this Indian country, eh? A center corner, sir. Oh. Where's that at? Well, it's a little town. It's right the other side of the hill. Now, ain't that interesting. You two better come along with me. Well, if you don't mind, sir. It's getting kind of late, and I think we better cut out for home. I don't know who the two of you are or what you're up to, but I sure do smell something funny about you. Kind of a strange get-up for these parts. And I never in my born days seen no lady in pants the like of that. Top it off, you're lying to me, boy. I know this country like the palm of my hand. And the other side of that ridge, there ain't no town from here pretty near to the big lake. Save in Chicago. No, sir, I better take you prisoner. Prisoners? What for? I reckon the captain would like to kind of put you on the griddle. Get some information out of you. What, what kind of information? Well, it's up to him. Now, come on, I'm taking you back to camp to meet him. Mr. Armbrister? Yes, son? I mean, uh, uh, Mom or whatever you are. What's your captain's name? Lincoln. Captain Abe Lincoln. New Salem, Indiana. They say it's a small world. 
But what can account for the accident that led Judy and Jeff into the early days of none other than one of our greatest Americans? Somehow, in that strange cave, these two young people have managed to lose almost a century and a half. Unless, of course, this is just a dream from which any moment they may wake up. I'll return shortly with Act Three. The General Mills Radio Adventure Theater will return shortly. <coughs> with Judy up behind Sergeant Jack Armbruster and Jeff Tide riding behind a cavalryman, brother and sister have been brought back to the bivouac and to the captain with the incredible name, which became not so incredible once he straightened up his long, lanky frame. The captain whose face is as familiar to everyone in America as any in his own family. The captain whose name is... Abe Lincoln, I bid you good day. I guess you don't have to tell us that, sir. Oh, that's right. Sergeant Armbruster told you already. I guess you'd be Mr. Jeff Jones? Uh, yes, sir. And this would be uh, a young lady? Uh, I'm Judy Jones, Mr. President. <laughs> I'm afraid you're advancing me through the ranks a little too fast. I'm just captain up till now. Now, uh, let's see. Where should we begin? You, uh... Claim to be from Center Corners. Well, I'm afraid that just won't wash. Uh, beg pardon, sir? Well, I just plain ain't no Center Corners, Mr. Jones. Leastways, where you claim it to be. So, uh, first question is just where are you from? You wouldn't believe us if we told you, Mr. Lincoln. Well, now, suppose you were to try me. All right. Um, do you know the date, sir? I ought to, since my birthday is February 12th. But what year? Sakes, you're a mighty uh, remarkable young woman. 1832, of course. What year did you think it was? 1977. Did I say remarkable? I should have said incredible. She isn't lying, sir. Well, just tell me again where you came from. At this time, I might be listening a good deal closer. So I told Mr. Abraham Lincoln about the cave and possum and exploring it and the rockfall. But I sure couldn't explain how we started at one end of an underground passage in the 20th century and ended up coming out the other end in the 19th. Around my circles, I'm considered a pretty fair storyteller. But I sure gotta take a back seat to you two young'uns. You don't believe us. Would you? If I was spinning the tale? Let's level with each other. You claim to have crawled back out of the future. I'm to believe that you and your sister represent what's going to happen three full generations after I'm moldering in the grave? You don't ask much. <laughs> i got to say that for you. Suppose we could convince you. Try me. I hope I get it right. Now... You've never seen me, Mr. Lincoln, to the best of your belief, before today. That's a fair statement. You don't know anything about me. But I can tell you some things about yourself. Well, I don't know that any man's that anxious to listen to that. There's nothing bad. Well, then I'm going to doubt it has a ring of truth. <laughs> you judge that. You were born in 1809. Your father was Thomas Lincoln and your mother Nancy Hanks. You grew up in Kentucky... 
but you moved more than once till you ended up in New Salem, Indiana. You were running a store there when you ran for state legislature, only you weren't elected. That's true enough. There was a job as postmaster which you could have had, but instead you enlisted to fight in the Black Hawk War. Well, that's for sure, Missy. Just where I am now and wondering why I ever did. I ain't fired a shot yet in anger and I keep hoping I never will. You won't. Big pardon? I'm just telling you what is, Mr. Lincoln. Or what was. That's the uh, second part of that statement worries me. Any more? A lot. Captain Lincoln. Yes, Missy? Why don't you come with us? Well, now, where would that be? Why, back to our century, where you'd be safe. Safe? She means you wouldn't be, uh... Wouldn't be what? Oh, it's it's so hard to, to tell you what we wanted. Well, I reckon most you just want to go home. You say the other side of the hill. Tell you what, we'll ride there tomorrow morning, and once you find your path home, you can go. It had to be a dream, or wasn't it? That I was talking to a man who was like, I mean, a sort of God. A man who didn't know what the future held for him, but I did. What to say to him, how to talk to him. And then there was this other thing. He held our future, Jeff's and mine, in his hands. Because if we didn't get back to our own place in time, we just didn't belong. All right, youngins. I brought you here to the other side of the hills to help you find where you wanted to go, but there ain't no place, is there? It's all different. You can't find anything in the bullgrass. You think we're just sick in our minds. No, I didn't say that. It's what you think all the same. You think we ought to be locked away somewhere as crazy. Well, now we're going to show you some proof we're where we say we came from. Jeff, show him your wristwatch. Huh? Oh, sure. Here, sir. Hmm. Well, that's very interesting. Very interesting. Not much like my old turnip. It's got an extra hand. That's the stopwatch. Stopwatch? Mm -hmm. Counts off and measures how much time it takes to say something. Well, like, uh... Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. See? Just 13 seconds to say it. It's amazing, all right. But the words, boy, the words, what are they? Words you said, Mr. Lincoln. I mean, that you will say. I, I don't know how to reply to that. I don't know exactly how you could, sir. I'm just trying to make you understand us. We're what comes after you. A long time after. I'm, I'm confused. But Judy's just trying to explain that we're two people out of our time who want to go back home and don't know the way. I think I know how I can prove it to you all the way, Mr. Lincoln. Jeff, you got a $5 bill? You kidding? Why? Because it has his picture on it. That's right. And I don't even have a Lincoln penny. But there must be something... Oh, hey, I got it. Just let me see here. What are you looking for? The envelope, Uncle Josh's letter came in last week. I saved it because Buzz collects stamps. Yeah, 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 here it is. Look at this, Mr. Lincoln. A letter? What's this on the upper right-hand corner? You're a postmaster. Don't you recognize a stamp? Stamp? Never seen one like this. Twenty-five cents from California. What? What are you two children trying to do to me? Where, where'd you get this trick? No trick. 
Just a plain old stamp you lick and stick on. Don't you recognize the picture on it? It's you, Mr. Lincoln. Why? Why would I be on... Well, that, that little piece of tape you call a stamp. Because you were our president, the greatest. Because you're going to be president of the United States. When? In 1860. You're going to emancipate the slaves and, and save the Union. What are these words around my head? Of the people, by the people, for the people. You don't know? How can he, Jeff? He hasn't lived that yet. It's the last part of your Gettysburg Address. Gettysburg? It's the battle that won the Civil War and brought peace. And you said that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom. So that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. I've been studying you in high school. Well, I like those words. Well, come on, children, let's get back to camp and study how to find where you're going and what your destiny is. I have a feeling it's somehow tied up in mine. Next morning, Mr. Lincoln woke us himself at dawn and made me lead him to where we came out of the cave. His eyes were kind, but his brow was all wrinkled as if in deep thought. And I think he was some surprised when I showed him my string tied to a bush over the hole where we'd crawled out. Well, I'll be. Maybe you young folks are telling the truth. Or anyways, what you believe it to be. And you say this cave goes right through the mountain, but it's stopped up by a rock fall on the other side? That's right, sir. Well, then if that's true, I reckon your pa is digging for you right now. Maybe he even got it all cleared out. But he didn't even know where we were going. He'd guess. Pa'd guess. And Possum would have fetched him. I'll tell you what. Why don't you two go on in there? I've got to get back to camp. But if everything isn't all right at the other end, I'll meet you back here tomorrow morning at sunup. Just before me and my company move out on. Why don't you come with us? I couldn't do that. I, I got my men to think on. But I don't want you to stay in this century and, and get assassinated. Judy. No. Let her finish. How was that, my little fortune teller? You say assassinated? Yes. But not until after you get to be president and free the slaves. You, know, you mentioned that before. Ever since my travels by flatboat through the South, it's uh, one thing I know in my heart. A black man has got to be free. No nation. No government can endure permanently half-slave and half-free. That's the speech you made to the Republican Convention. When? Well, gee, I don't know. 1858 or so, I guess, before the debates. What debates? Between you and, and Mr. Douglas. That's how you got elected in 1860. I, I mean, I'm going to be. Oh, it's so mixed up and, and so awful now we really know you. Yes, you just gotta come with us. To the land of plenty you tell me about? Well, I won't say I'm not tempted, if I believe in it. But uh, I just can't. Because the bill of goods you're selling me is just too good for any man to pass up. To be president. To free the black man. To hold a union together so we are a house not divided against itself. What man could ask for more? No, sir. I know where I belong. I just hope you two children can find your way back to where you belong. Mm -hmm.
It seemed a long, long journey down the twisting corridors of the cave, back to where the adventure all began. We were both depressed and kind of sad, but that quickly disappeared when we could hear the sound of a rescue party beyond the rockfall. Too far to reach by voice, but enough to reach by the sound conducted through the rock. Hello? Hello? We're here. It's Pa, or someone. Judy, we're going back home. It was a long time before they broke through, and Jeff and I were so pooped we fell asleep. But not before we had made a pact. Then we're agreed. We don't say a word. But who'd believe us anyway? And besides, we're not going to change history, no matter how we might have wanted to. Who says we wanted to? Without Mr. Lincoln, we might not have had a country. I was just thinking of him dying. Well, it's something we all have to do. Just think instead... Of how much he did for our country. For you and for me. Within a couple of hours, they had broken through. And we were safe at home. With our secret. Which we've never told till now. I wonder if I should have tried to tell Mr. Lincoln the things I did. Wasn't it terrible to tell a man his death was written for a certain date? Wouldn't it haunt him? I just hope I didn't do wrong. I know that every time now I look at his face, in all the places it appears, that gentle, kind face. I wonder if maybe I was the one who gave him the haunted look, knowing he was to die from an assassin's bullet because of his belief that all men are equal. I know that kind face will haunt me all my life. With malice towards none, with charity for all, with firmness in the right as God gives us to see the right, let us strive on to finish the work we are in, to bind up the nation's wounds. What better way to say the end to any story? I'll be back shortly. Lincoln, 16th President of the United States, born February 12, 1809, died from an assassin's bullet April 15, 1865. A gentleman, a humble man, a great man, but a man of no pretensions. Perhaps the finest measure of the man was his own statement. He had a dream in which someone in the crowd recognized him as the president and said, He's a very common-looking man. Whereupon Lincoln replied, Friend, the Lord prefers common-looking people. That's the reason he made so many of us. Made a monkey out of me. cast included Skip Hennant, Mary Flersham, Ian Martin, and William Griffiths. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is Tom Bosley inviting you to return to the General Mills Radio Adventure Theater for another exciting tale you can hear through the magic of radio. 
The General Mills Radio Adventure Theater is recommended by NEA, the National Education Association.